Welcome back to the Zume Multiplying Disciples podcast, where we're on a journey to saturate the world with multiplying disciples in our generation. Welcome, everyone. We are excited to be able to have a conversation with some of our brothers in Miramar. And in the midst of just crisis that is happening in that country in some just dire ways, the ways that God is also moving and working and using Zume as a just way of encouragement and also strengthening as disciples and churches. And so why don't you guys just go ahead and jump in and share uh, maybe just a little bit about yourself, but you know, with security in mind, and then just some of the testimonies that you are seeing God do. I've been, and I would say I'm an American and, and uh, traveling back and forth uh, to Myanmar uh, for a few years now, and I've seen a lot of changes. And when COVID uh, came, and then there were, you know, many political problems that occurred, you know, following that, um, it was the country was basically closed uh, for visas for about two years. And so a little over two years and going back the first time, uh, which was just, you know, a few months ago now um, was really a very emotional experience to see the changes that were happening and to see how my friends' lives were being affected. And I'd lost some friends uh, due to COVID during that time. And, and of course they weren't even allowed to have uh, funeral services uh, at that time either because of the lockdowns. And so just a lot of emotions. But at the same time, what I noticed was that there was just a tremendous amount of evangelism. Um, and people have sent me photographs of baptisms and I've seen more baptisms in the last, you know, during the COVID time, during that, during that two-year period, um, and then the the you know some of the uh, the chaos that followed that because if you follow the news in Myanmar we've had a lot of other problems besides COVID, and um, everybody seems to be just really you know questioning their faith and in a uh, predominantly Buddhist environment, um, suddenly there's a tremendous interest in looking for looking for hope. And I've just I've I've seen so many I've heard so many wonderful stories of things that are happening in the midst of this terrible terrible time and uh, it's hard to understand that you know this is part of the king's plan that these terrible he said you know these things must happen there will be famine and war and pestilence and he said these things must come to pass and I understand that he said it and don't really understand why but i've seen now just tremendous examples of of you know incredible incredible things happening in the country it's a blessing in the midst of disguise sometimes and so brother why don't you share with us just some of the stories that you have seen god do in the midst of just these trials and turbulations okay thank you very much for this privilege uh, Mark, uh, as the shared uh, brother church and uh, about in Myanmar, uh, during this time, 
everybody knows about the Myanmar, the condition of the government. Uh, even though uh, during this time, this uh, there are many uh, difficulty. We fix many difficulties and also uh, many challenge uh, in Myanmar. Uh, in Myanmar. But we see the glory of God in Myanmar, uh, many places. When I see uh, on a Facebook and also uh, evangelists, they give the water baptism and so much uh, people during this time. So this is, a, I believe that, uh, whenever we face the problem and uh, also challenge and there and also difficult whenever we face the pro uh, difficult uh, and also challenges there God is working with the uh, Myanmar evangelism and also the Holy Spirit working uh, evangelists in Myanmar so this is a very wonderful uh, glorious in Myanmar during uh, this time and also uh, I see uh, all the all, all the Myanmar the whole Myanmar they are all evangelists uh, they, uh, what I see I see that the activities of the the ministry evangelists and gospel uh, sharing the gospel also, TDF uh, and Gas Ministry. Uh, what? How much uh, the evangelists working in Myanmar? So, uh, this is God's glory and uh, God's working in Myanmar. So, thank you, <laughs> thank you so much. Maybe if I jump in with one story, um, just as an example of some of the things I've been hearing. Um, this story occurs during the middle of the COVID lockdown period, and there was martial law at the same time. And so people were restricted, um, could only go out to the marketplace for about two hours. It was a time limit every day that you were people were allowed to, to go. And, and of course, not everybody has refrigerators. And so they go to the market every single day because you want fresh vegetables every day and uh, there's no place to store them. Uh, and so you have to go and, but at the same time, there's so much evangelism going on and the, in the cultural context, most Buddhists or even, uh, you know, if they have a tribal, uh, you know, religious or faith system, have some sort of a family shrine or some sort of a altar in their, inside their house. Uh, and and there's mixture of beliefs as to what this is. Is this a you know are they worshiping Buddha or are they worshiping ancestors? What have you? And a lot of times those things get mixed together in their belief system. Uh, but once they become Christian, and we don't actually necessarily tell them that look you have to take this down, but we encourage them to you know read scriptures using the the three thirds you know, and, and looking at scriptures together and and asking questions about you know what does this mean to you. And it, it's it's usually just a matter of time before somebody stumbles across a verse about, you know, you shouldn't have idols in your house. And then they come with the question of, well, how do we get this shrine down out of our house? And the in the past, what normally happens is the evangelist will 
you know, after they've they've been Christians now for a while and and doing the three thirds, but they'll um, the evangelists will come back to visit the house again, and usually they will do some sort of a prayer ceremony together with the family, and then and then they'll remove the the family shrine. And this is a big deal because you know the relatives are nearby in the neighborhood, the cousins and so forth, and you're taking down something that might include the the you know from their point of view they're thinking well our ancestors our grandparents are in that shrine you're tearing it down that's not good and so it creates a lot of family tension um and but during the covid lockdown period the evangelists like everybody else very limited amount of time that they can go out you know in the streets because of martial law and so they've got to take care of their own families they're going to the markets to buy vegetables and so forth and and nobody's got time to go visit the the, the new believers. Of course, they still connect by telephone. And, and it's amazing. There's We've seen a lot of activity over the internet, you know, um, during COVID. Uh, but, you know, the, this problem becomes new believers are saying, hey, when are you going to come to my house and help me take down the shrine? And the, the evangelists are like, yeah, I don't have time because I got to go to the market. And so after a while, people get frustrated and they say, look, if you're not going to come and help me take down this shrine, I'm just going to have to say some prayers. I'll try it on my own. I'm going to take this thing down. And if my cousins get upset with me, then I'm just going to start telling them what I'm learning through, you know, Bible study and learning about Jesus. I'm just going to have to do this on my own if you're not going to help. (laughs) In some ways, it's almost kind of like, you know, crisis brings uh, breakthrough uh, because now we've got people who are eager to apply what they're learning and eager to um, take matters into their own hands. And it's just, it's an exciting thing to watch in, in terms of the priesthood of all believers and, and people feeling empowered to um, to share the gospel, even though they don't necessarily feel that they have all the training and equipping that they want. Incredible and exciting. Thank you guys so much for sharing what are some of the ways that you've seen Zume just be a help, be a blessing in the midst of just the crisis and what's happening? Again, COVID kind of prompted me to go back. I've been working and traveling in Myanmar for years, but I've honestly, I've not been actively pursuing Zume. I've been involved in a, a lot of community development types of projects and other types of ministries. COVID, uh, because I was locked at home, I, I got back in terms of learning the the fundamentals of Zume and going back through it again. Um, and it was actually something that was relatively easy to do over Zoom. <laughs> and so we started uh, introducing uh, Zume cohorts uh, on Zoom. And then, like I said, you know, earlier in 20, 2022, went back to visit uh, the country for the first time after they opened up again, and um, you know, visiting with the some of the Zume co- cohorts, and just to see, you know, that people are doing this, they're putting it into practice, and and um, it's a change in uh, the way that church has typically multiplied. I mean, they're, they're, the church has been growing in Myanmar for a, a while, but it's it's a very different strategy, and. Uh, um, Yet, sir. Uh, yeah, zooming as uh, zone um, strategy is a very effective for uh, for us because it is a detailed Bible study uh, discovery, and also for us, we are 
we got many learned, uh, many things learned from the Zumin street. Uh, yeah, Zumin, uh, Zumin uh, program. So it is very neat to, for, very neat for Myanmar evangelism. And also it's very effective for when we, uh, when we start uh, to share the gospel with other place and also uh, to the people. It's very uh, effective and very neat for us. So it is very good uh, learning program. And Zoom in is very, uh, this program is very neat for us. Thank you. Some of the things that I've heard um, other evangelists say is that it, uh, the three-thirds method is, is a new concept, a new idea. Uh, from their perspective, we like I said, our my personal network of friends. We haven't been doing it very long because it's just something that you know we kind of rediscovered during the COVID period. Um, and so it's it's a new thing. And and what they're what they feel excited about is is the idea that you know anybody can do this, and it doesn't require a lot of lesson preparation time, anything like that. If you're if you're you know leading discipleship groups, you don't have to prepare lessons in advance you just say hey here's the here's the study that we're going to do and let's ask these questions you know um what part of this story did you like what part of the story did you feel uncomfortable or challenged and um you know what does this story teach us about god and and what does this story teach us about people and and who do you want to go tell and just it's as a as a group leader doesn't take any time to prepare you can just you can just take a Bible passage and walk in cold, and and people are excited. They're having conversation. They're they're having dialogue, and they're thinking strategically about okay, who can I go share this story with? It's beautiful the simplicity, as you're saying, to just be able to hop in and and go for it, even in the midst of a context that is doesn't seem conducive to be able to do these sorts of things. And yet God is using, as you're saying, the context of crisis to change the way the church is multiplying and Zume just being a simple tool that is helping in the midst of that to really see disciples, churches strengthened and multiplied through crisis in Miramar. And so another brother just joined the call. Would you be able to share just some of your stories and testimonies of seeing God work in Myanmar and ways that Zume has been a blessing in the midst of that? It's, you know, uh, in order to talk about the Zume, I would like to talk uh, about the evangelism, uh, the traditional evangelism first, before I talk to these uh, Zume. Um, we traditionally we are uh, believing or trusting uh, that you know uh, and practicing that sharing the gospel or just sharing as a group or even a single person just share one time and then uh, the follow up never. Uh, the follow-up was never ever forecast. Uh, so just share one time meeting, then 
uh, just left the person as it is. Never thought of that he would be interesting or not, or uh, just that is if we could share or just uh, distribute a gospel track, then we thought that the trust, the, the traditional uh, way of evangelism uh, thought that that is done. Our responsibility is done. And, but now the different uh, no. of this traditional uh, way of uh, outreaching and DMM or the Zoomy is that we just try to make friendship with the person and we just show our care uh, to the person as much as uh, we can because uh, uh, this caring and uh, building relationship is very important and share our thoughts and feelings one-to-one uh, -one or one-on-one -on -one also is more powerful. So when we do the uh, Zoomy, um, you know, we never stop doing that. We keep on doing. And then uh, again, as just uh, you just said that, we ask them even not to, not to stop with, not to, not to take, uh, the word only with me, uh, with, with the person, but he is going to tell to another person. So that makes very, uh, very, very effective, very effective. And according to my experience, uh, since I did not have such a, such a great experience in doing evangelism, even in the traditional way. But uh, I have been observing so many years that people are doing and they'll just share the gospel. And then they, the people said, okay, we believe then uh, give baptism. Then uh, after some time, uh, they will not appear and they will not come to the church. They will disappear like I have seen so many people like that. But here in this Zoomy, it is not like that. We, uh, uh, my experience, you know, it doesn't matter. They, uh, we do not ask them uh, he or she is uh, believing or not. But we just discuss and share our thoughts and his thoughts and our thoughts uh, based on the scripture. And then uh, draw the applications, which the question uh, that are asked. And then the, the, the last thing is, with whom are you going to uh, share? Then that makes more uh, journey, more longer journey, and also more effective. And as they share also, uh, they get some, some input for themselves. So, so uh, and another one thing, uh, 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 another good thing is that uh, it is a regular meeting. So we made more friendship and more relationship. And that makes our heart uh, together. And even uh, uh when we share our heart together and we share our beliefs and our thoughts about uh, about the worldview, so to say, worldview, 
and about God also. And they are more open to, to, to share their view and their thoughts about religion. So that makes them more uh, more rooted in uh, in, the, in 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 Christ or in their faith. Yeah, I think the, uh, so, so far I could talk about this this much. And um, yeah, if you have some other question, maybe we can discuss. Thank you. One of the stories that I heard just recently that was really encouraging for me. Um, one another friend uh, uh, had been um, practicing, you know, doing starting starting uh, three thirds groups uh, amongst new believers and unbelievers, and in that context, one of his new disciples kept coming to him and asking, uh, "Pastor, will you print off for me um, in our?" language we print off bible verses that we can use so that i can read these bible verses and for this particular believer he said, it's very difficult for me to look it up on the phone because he didn't understand the order of the bible verses didn't understand how to find you know chapters and books and verses on his phone even though he had it he says it's easier pastor if you just print it out for me but that was one out of several that this uh this brother had been you know uh, other trying to start other discipleship groups and had been a few months and hadn't actually stayed in touch because it's very difficult to get out sometimes and 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 move around in the in the community um and so after you know we, we were talking together he said well let me go back and check on some of these other groups because i'm not sure if they're doing anything or not and he went back and made contact with them again and they said oh yes we are we're we're looking up the bible verses on our phones and we're doing our our weekly groups and in fact we're actually you know having now starting another group. And so we're seeing that, you know, they were multiplying. Um, and one of the things we need to, we need to focus on and, you know, we're starting to put more effort into now is, is how do we do the coaching and the follow-up? Uh, that's actually become more of our focus area uh, is how can we make sure that, you know, our, our, catalysts our movement leaders are you know staying in contact and doing follow-up with the disciples that they've trained and that those disciples are multiplying and what leadership questions do they have and how can we provide coaching support uh, to keep that keep those connections solid and growing but it's it was exciting for me to hear that yeah even in a case where you know we hadn't been following up as, as probably we should have been there's still there's still growth and multiplication going on and new groups are getting formed and and I just think we need, you know, that's probably the focus area. The lesson to take away for me is like, let's let's put more attention on how do we build those coaching relationships to keep it going. So what have you learned in that? I know in one of our Zoom calls Sierra not long ago, you actually mentioned something about this with the coaching of, um, do you remember the quote that you were sharing? But it was, you know, you can do all this training all these pieces but you don't have if you don't have the coaching piece then you know there's a major loss in the potential of what can happen though even god continues to work as you shared in that story that even without that coaching very closely it's still growing still multiplying um but the strengthening that coaching brings what have you learned just in coaching even in the midst of the crisis that is happening there's a 
there's a, a booklet we're uh, I'm having translated right now that we're going to start using for our coaches. Uh, but one of the quotes from that booklet is that it says, training without coaching is just a waste of time. Um, I'm not sure I completely agree with that, but I think it makes a very strong point that, you know, follow up and relationship and development and um, and just helping people catch the vision that, you know, this is the tip of the iceberg and there's there will be growth that comes and they're seeing it now. But of course, along with that brings a lot of challenges. I mean, growth, it's it's a good thing, but it's also a challenging thing because it requires that people have to deal with new questions and, and new problems come up and there's always work to be done. <laughs> and it can it can be exhausting at times, but I think that that's where the, the coaching piece of it and the encouragement and to let people just help people remember, we're not in this alone. You know, we have a network that we can come back and, and uh, we call it peer coaching because it's not a case where, you know, you don't always uh, look to, you know, a mentor for your answers, but you look to each other, you know, well, what's your group been doing? Our group has had that problem and we tried it differently and this is how we came to it. And so you're sharing ideas within the culture and like myself as a, as a foreigner, I'm, uh, this maybe sounds awkward, but I'm usually trying to back out. I'm usually trying to extract myself, but I want to make sure that, you know, the, that the local leaders, um, are moving in in the in the direction that the spirit wants them to move, and then you know I I want to get out of the way. That's my strategy. Uh, I love this first of all, and I think this is a very good uh, movement uh, to reach out the unreached group uh, without making or building a very good friendship. I know, or I believe, I think we would never be able to reach out uh, the community with the gospel. And this uh, Zumi, uh, also we cannot continue this movement without uh, building relationship with uh, the community. So that is uh, one thing. And another one thing is, um, this this thing, this practice or this movement, we don't need to uh, we not we don't need to step out of our job, I would say. Or we don't need to be called a full-time a missionary or pastor or evangelist, such like that. This thing we can do, for example, with any 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 status or any level of any standard of people lifestyle. For example, for the, the sportsmen, they can do this with their uh, player mates. And uh, for officers, they can do with their uh, workers. And for the businessmen, they can do with their fellow uh, businessmen. So it is very uh, simple but very powerful and there is no limited time there is no uh, limited area 
and there is no limited age also. That's why uh, I think this would be the best uh, way to reach out uh, the unreached uh, people. Uh, we can, after we have uh, uh, done the group, then we can leave the group with them and this will uh, rotate or this will uh, move on with them. But at the same time, we can do coaching. So that this 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 uh, movement makes uh, the evangelism uh, uh, for the uh, for the in indigenous or I would say the local uh, own, not from uh, other other country or not from another community. But this can this can be done within the community. So I think I love this, and every everyone whoever believe in Christ should should uh, use this uh, method, and it has no cost. Also, very very small cost, no salary, no need of salary, and no need of anything. Only just uh, give some time and uh, move forward. I love this. One of the, I'd like to add to what my brother just said. We, our our kind of our next focus area is becoming specifically looking for unreached people groups. Uh, literally, just sitting down with community leaders and marking out on a map of the city, whatever city, whatever town we're talking about, or if it's you know at at the state level, district level, you know what villages are out there. Uh, in more remote regions that, you know, we're, we're certain there are no churches or there is no working evangelists. And so then the next step of the strategy is let's find someone uh, amongst the network who is willing to just go into that community, which is it's cross-cultural, but it's within the context of, you know, their region. Uh, but it's more what we call near culture. Uh, but it still represents challenges because it's if you're familiar with the context, very ethnically diverse and sometimes very divisive uh, region of the world. And so there are challenges associated with, you know, cross-culture uh, evangelism, even if it's near culture, but it's it's still a challenge. But that's become really our next the kind of our next focus is to say, all right, we need to literally get out a map. We need to, you know, pick some names of people that are willing to take this adventure and and stretch themselves across these cultural barriers. Thank you all so much for the honor and just getting to share and hear some of these stories. And it makes me think, too, about just the testimony about how some of these Zume cohorts and leaders are now seeing trauma healing groups and getting equipped in the same three-thirds pattern with trauma healing in all that is going on in just your country and among your families and friends. And so it's a, a beautiful thing to see how God is using Zume as just one of the ways to really strengthen, encourage, and multiply the church in changing times. And so thank you, each of you, for giving your time and just your stories to get to share and so we pray blessings for you and for those in Miramar as we wrap up this episode. Amen. Thanks for listening. 
To learn more, go to www.zume.vision. And to be equipped, go to www.zume.training. Have questions for the podcast? You can email them to podcast at zume.vision.com.